square fielder. He's gone to the dogs. Welcome, friends, once again to the Gone to the Dogs podcast. Steve Fielder with you one more time. I'm reaching out to Southwest Virginia today on our podcast to talk to a fellow that was um, I was directed to by my friend Keston Jesse. And, of course, Keston was on the podcast here just a couple episodes back and and Keston told me about this fella over in uh, his area of the woods there, neck of the woods, as we say. That's quite a hunter. He's a coon hunter and a bear hunter. And uh, I think he's got some interesting things to tell us and to talk about, and I just want to get to know him. His name is Adam Barnhart, and he lives in Honeacre, Virginia. Now, folks, that's not Honeacre. It's Honeacre, isn't that right, Adam? Yes. <laughs> How are you today? Uh, I'm good. How are you? Well, I'm doing just fine, for sure, and it's it's very good to speak to you. Um, I wanted to get a hold of you and talk a little bit for and, and record the conversation because Keston told me about you, and uh, he says that you're a serious hunter and that you hunt uh, most of the time by yourself. Is that right? Yes, yes. I hunt most, mostly solo. Mostly solo, and you hunt coon and bear that way, right? Yes. All right. Well, just for our listeners, just to kind of build a little profile here on you, as um, if you don't mind telling me, how old are you? I'm 39. I'll oh, be 40 man. next Thursday. 40 years old, man. I think I remember being 40, but that was a long time ago for me. Well, that's great. Well, here's a happy birthday in advance for you. Uh, thank you. Yeah. So uh, were you born there where you live now? Yes. Okay. And you went to school uh, where? In, uh, uh, well, I started in Belfast School. I went to Elk Garden and then went to Lebanon Middle and then Lebanon High. I got you. Well, I used to travel through Lebanon, Virginia, uh, going, well, a couple different uh, times in my life. When I was real young, that's the way we traveled to go to my grandmother's farm in Tennessee. Uh, we'd travel through there and... Uh, and then later on, uh, I had an uncle that lived in Abingdon and then later moved to uh, Chilhowee, Virginia. And so we traveled uh, 460 and then 19, I believe it is, uh, over to Abingdon, isn't it? Isn't that 19 that goes over there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm quite familiar with that country. And then the other day, I was over there with Keston, and he was driving me around and showing me some of his hunting territory. and uh, But uh, that's hill country, mountains, isn't it? Yes. Okay. A, a lot of straight up and down. <laughs> you can kind of lean over and take a rest when the dogs are treed back on top when you're going yeah. up, can't yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. My dad used to say that mountain was as steep as a cow's face. Do you ever hear that expression? Yeah, I've heard that a lot. 
Well, you know, when I travel in that part of the country and I look at those cattle grazing on those hill, steep hillsides, I wonder how they keep from falling <laughs> over, you know, sometimes. <laughs> well, Adam, uh, I wanted to uh, for you to give me a little bit of your background. Uh, when did you start hunting, as a kid, or did that come along later in life for you? Oh, uh, yeah, Dad started taking me. Uh, he would pack me in the woods. I, I mean, I've hunted my, my whole life. Uh, he was a big rabbit hunter, so as far as the dog hunting, I started out rabbit hunting. When you say rabbit hunting, were you hunting them with beagles? And I'll tell you yeah. why I ask yeah. you that. Yeah, hunting with beagles. Okay, when I was a small kid, over in West Virginia. My dad was from Middle Tennessee, just west of Nashville. And he ordered some dogs out of Arkansas, out of a kennel, and they were supposed to be rabbit dogs. And when he got them, they were full-size hounds. They were ticked up like English dogs. And uh, he said they were mediocre <laughs> at best, <laughs> you know, but... Uh, but so you did you breed your own your dad breed his own dogs and keep his own line of beagles? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. Well that's a lot of fun. I've enjoyed that over the years. You know, I had some beagles when I lived in Michigan and I really enjoy hearing the little dogs run and how is do you still keep any beagles? Oh, uh, I don't have any right now. I was I, I was actually hoping to get back into them, but mm-hmm. at it. the moment I don't. Do you have a fair uh, rabbit crop there? I mean, can you can you have a good hunt if you got got some good dogs? Oh, they they decent hunting. Mm-hmm. I see. Well, rabbits kind of go in cycles, don't they? I mean, you, yeah. some years are better than others. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how did you get started hunting with the bigger hounds then? Well, me and my dad, we used to trap well, which I still do. We trap fish over at Big Tomlin a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. And I run into a sailor over there, and uh, we got to fishing a lot, and me and him got to be pretty good friends. Uh, and he raised uh, black and tan coon hounds. And mm-hmm. uh, he ended up giving me a coon hound, and I I swapped, started coon hunting. I done that for several years. Uh, About how old my, were you when you started out with that black and tan? I was probably thirteen, mm-hmm. fourteen years old. One thing I, I, you know, in talking to Keston there and all, and of course he was a farm kid. Uh, the boys in the mountains tend to, I think, get started earlier. You know. Uh, 13, did you go by yourself at that time, or did you go with somebody else? Uh, I had a buddy that went with me uh, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was kind of a big to-do, because back in them days, we didn't, well, which I was around, but we didn't have no tracking system, so right. you, you went by sound. <laughs> yeah. I remember those days, for sure. Well, how how was that black and tan? Could he tree a coon, or was it a female? Oh uh, yeah, he he was he yeah. was pretty fire dog, which 
we had some pretty easy hunting. Uh, had a big uh, feed barn back there we'd go and put on. I mean, there was coons everywhere. There wasn't nobody here, really, that coon hunted at that time. Mm-hmm. So, so they, know, they was sick. Yeah. Well, you know, several years ago, my brother, uh, he's eight years younger than me, and he didn't get the disease of coon hunting like I did, but he did enjoy coon hunting for several years, and he hunted over around an area called Burke's Garden. I'm sure you know where that is. Yeah. And hunted on some of those farms there, and there was a good many coon there too, but um, around the silage pits and so forth, yeah. uh, it seemed to keep the coons in there. Where like where we grew up over in West Virginia, coons were extremely scarce. You know, when I was a kid growing yeah. up, we had to go to the farm country over in eastern West Virginia around Union and Monroe County and areas like that to find uh, coons to speak of, you know. But, uh, well, so then where did it go from there? Uh, when I was, I want to say about 20, uh, my neighbor, uh, Stan Roberts, uh, I coon hunted some dogs for him some, and uh, his buddy had quit bear hunting, and he talked me into going to help him handle his dogs. And uh, I hunted the first year with him, just helping him with his dogs. And uh, Was that primarily bear hunting? Yes. Yeah, okay. And uh, the following year, I had a, it was a Sackett bred Walker dog mm-hmm. that I was coon hunting that I owned myself. Uh, and it, he talked me into taking it with us one day and trying it on a bear. And it wouldn't have nothing to do with a bear. And he ended up, he talked me into trading it on a, it was a grade bear dog. It wasn't registered or nothing. Mm-hmm. And... And that was the start of the bear hunting. Did you get the bug right away? I mean, did... Oh, yeah. Yeah. It it was very exciting. Well, it is when you get after one. (laughs) Sometimes (laughs) the times in between, it can be kind of... That bear hunting is rough, and especially in the country where you hunt in the mountains, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it can be be rough, make for some long days. Well, I've, I've spent several nights in the woods. Just trying to catch dogs? or Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, you kind of remind me of a friend of ours from over in West Virginia, a bear hunter named John Harris. Did you ever hear of him? Oh, yeah, I've, I've heard of him. Yeah, he hunted the plot dogs. We had... My dad uh, bred, or, you know, bred his own dogs for hunting. We weren't very much into selling dogs, but he, uh, you know, always kept plots. That was the breed that he liked, and that's what he gave me to hunt with when I was a kid, and that's what I grew up hunting, and I still have one. So, But I also have, uh, have had some walkers as well. In fact, Keston and I there have a walker pup together. But um, 
Well, uh, for the listeners who may not know, uh, well, let's see, I'm going to back up just a little bit. You hunt a lot by yourself. When did that start? Uh, I want to say it was about 11 years ago. Uh, Stan, the feather that uh, got me into the bird hunt, and, uh, he, well, he'd had lung cancer, and he'd had one lung took out. That's why he had to have somebody help him with mm-hmm. his dogs. Yeah. Uh, and it ended up coming back on him, and he passed away. Mm. I'm sorry. And, and uh, the mountain behind the house here, they call it uh, Mother's Gap. And uh, he asked me uh, when when it was getting close to the end to kind of keep his place going. That was his place to bear hunt. So um, I just started going by myself because it's rough country. It's hard to get anybody to come and hunt it. And uh, I just got into going by myself, trying to kind of keep his memory a going. And I bet you you can feel him with you when you're up there hunting, can't you? Yes. yes. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Well, you know, a lot of people don't realize this. I lived in Michigan for many years. I bear hunted in Wisconsin. I bear hunted in Arizona and in New Mexico, um, you know, in North Carolina, Virginia, West Virginia, of course, and all. But people don't really understand, I don't think, how rough that country is and how difficult it is to keep up with hounds. And I would think if a man is hunting by himself that he's got to have dogs that are absolutely going to stay with the game. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. you you got to have gritty dogs. I mean, even, even with the coons, I mean, they may have to stay treed for two hours or something before you can make it to them. Think about that, you fellows out there in the Midwest. Of course, a lot of these coon hunters anymore, they hunt these go-yonder dogs, you know, that they just go and go and go till they strike a coon, and they might be a mile or two miles away, but they're walking on flat ground. Yep. It's not that way where you hunt, is no. it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's and, let's describe. Well, I don't know. Go ahead. Go into it, which I know you said you have been in Big Tomlin, so you know a little bit about it. I yes, mean, they, <laughs> twenty twenty five thousand acres in there, and there's one road that kind of pretty much goes through the middle of it. And that's the road that goes up to Laurel Bed Lake, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, as you're going up the Laurel Bed Lake, all the country kind of left-handed in there. That's where where I primarily bear hunt. I see. When I would, I'd write uh, a column or an article for Bear Hunting Magazine called uh, "Legendary Bear Hounds." And a few years ago, I did a story about a boy that lives over around Saltville named 
Chris. And his last name, I can't remember for sure. Would it be Simmons or uh, Spencer? Chris Spencer. Do you know him? Yeah, Yeah. Chris Spencer. Yeah, I know him. Yeah. And uh, we wrote about a female that he had called Medusa. I don't know if you ever hunted with her or heard of her. But anyway, we talked. I think he hunted some of that same country that you're talking about at times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in there too. I've I've hunted with him a couple of times. I see. Well, this is so interesting to me because it's one thing to go out here in a in a midwestern state like Ohio or Michigan or Illinois where they're having or Indiana where they're having the PKC Super Stakes this weekend. And turn dogs loose in that farm country. It's just a total different experience here. Describe for me, if you would, what, you know, a typical bear hunt would be. Your season, now you get a running season there in Virginia, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, We've got a running Uh training season. It comes in the first of August and then runs to the last Saturday in September. Okay, and do you primarily bear hunt during that time, or do you mix it up with your coon hunting too? Uh, at that time, I usually I mostly bear hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, they was let's see, two years ago I did do. I actually done more coon hunting than bear hunting during that time because uh, the female, I, the older female I got, I had her qualified for the. World hunt. Oh, I see. Was that for the which, UKC? Which yeah, for the UKC, mm-hmm. which fell in September. So, mm-hmm. well, do you want to talk about your coon dogs first, or you want to talk about your bear dogs first? Uh, we can we can do either one. Do you ever hunt the same dogs on both? Uh, primarily, yeah, I, I hunt the same dogs on coon or bears. Well, you know, that's the way we did too, you know, and, and, uh, is that your phone or mine? I think I'm getting a, a message here or something. <laughs> yeah. It's playing through the, through the phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all real here, folks. And uh, so anyway, I'll answer that one later. That's just the message that came through. Okay. Um, let's go. Let's go. At, I was going to say to you that, you know, my my dad and I, we bear hunted the same dogs. They were primarily bear dogs, but we also coon hunted them. And if I got one that I thought was particularly good on coon, that would be the one that I coon hunted more. But that didn't mean that I wouldn't still take it bear hunting, you know. And yeah. do, do you find that that affects the dogs one way or the other, depending on which game you're hunting them on? Let's say you've got a dogs are doing well on bear and you start coon hunting them a little bit. Does it affect him as a bear dog? Uh, I think the dogs, I mean, they they usually have, 
one or other that they prefer. I mean, some will prefer the bears over the coons, and some will prefer the coons over the bears. And every which one they prefer the best, they're going to do better at. Right. So I've always tried to match the dog to the game that it prefers. Correct. That reminds me of a plot that we got way back in 1960. And it was really the dog that we kind of go back to or went back to in the dogs that we bred for several years. He loved to coon hunt. He was a good hound. But if you hunted him through a bear season, you almost had to start him over on coon after bear season was over because he really liked bear, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about a bear hunt. Here is you got one 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 man. I, I assume you've got a four wheel drive vehicle. Yeah, and you're going to go bear hunting. Yeah. Do you hunt as we did during training season? Of course, it's that's in a warmer part of the year. Do you do any bear hunting? I know you don't take bear at night, but do you do any bear dog training at night? Uh, I will start when it's real, real hot during the summer. I'd normally, I'll try to start at about 435 in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't, Just when it's cooler, you, but you don't particularly go after dark. No, uh, where it's, where I hunt, it's real, real thick laurel. Yeah. And it, it's hard to see with the light walking through that laurel. And and where I hunt by myself for safety, I I prefer not to go in on bears at night. I got you. Well, you 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 can't see, and you walk right in on top of them. Oh yeah. Well, again, for the listeners that aren't familiar with mountain hunting, that mountain laurel. It's like rhododendron that you might see growing in the yards and beautiful and they, they bloom in the spring. The Mount Laurel has a white bloom on it. They grow mostly along the creeks and up on the steep hillsides along the creeks. And it's as thick. How would you describe Mount Laurel? <laughs> <laughs> it's, I don't know. It'll rub all the skin off of your shins. I know that. <laughs> yeah. Try to yeah. walk through. It's virtually indestructible, and it grows yeah. every which way. The 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 stems or the limbs of it. It's not very big around, but it grows incredible all directions at once, and it's very very hard to get through, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these places. I mean, you have to. Lay down on your belly and crawl, and and you take like if there's been like big heavy snows and mashed it down, you actually have to get up on top of it and walk out the top of it to get over it. Yeah, <laughs> all fun stuff, isn't it? And then of yep. course, if a yep. bear, you know, decides to 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 make you stand on the ground in that one of those laurel thickets, that's a mess there for sure because the dogs don't have oper- you know, don't have room to move, do they? No, no. Okay. 
All right, so we're going to go bear hunting, all right? Let's say it's the fall of the year now, all right? Now, I heard some rumblings, and I don't know if it's true, that you might lose your early season in Virginia this year. Do you know that if that happened or is going to happen? Uh, I have heard it, but I, I've not heard nothing. Official? Yeah. Right, nothing. right. But anyway, normally, you know, I go up to Craig County and hunt uh, with those boys up there with Heath Hyatt and his group. And they hunt up there uh, uh, in an area uh, there not far from Blacksburg. And, uh, you know, and I, I enjoy going in the early season, uh, but more typically I end up having other things to do and don't get to go until probably December when there's snow on the ground. But how many dogs do you typically take when you go bear hunting? Uh, three or four. Okay. I, I usually hunt three good dogs, and then if I've got a young pup going up, coming up i will i'll take it with them okay now do you have a preference of breeds uh i hunt walkers okay you're you're hunting all tree and walker dogs now yes uh-huh are these dogs uh ukc registered dogs yes okay well good do you pay attention to the pedigrees and so forth i mean is there certain yeah. lines yeah. Dog? okay so, yeah. you know, we hunted for years with hunters in West Virginia that hunted gray dogs, and they had no regard at all for papers. You know, my dad was always a purebred plot guy, and his dogs all, all were registered. But these fellows just didn't see the need for that. What, uh, what advantage do you see? Well, I, I think the papers are good because I mean, if you get if you raise like a litter of pups and they do exceptionally well, I mean, you can look back on the crosses, and then further down the line, you can keep you can keep the same bloodlines. I think you right? hit you hit the nail right on the head. That's the way I've always viewed it. Uh, it's like the the dogs I got now which a lot of the credit goes to Stan's oldest son, Barry Robert. The dogs I hunt now are bred the same as the dogs that Stan hunted. I see. Now, is there a background of those dogs that would be familiar to my listeners, maybe some well-known lines or, or anything? or is that... uh, well, the bloodlines that Stan started, he called them Sirewood. A lot of people know that. Uh, mm -hmm. As far as big-name dogs, they go back to Flag. Uh, yeah, and Riverbend Flag. Uh -huh. Yeah. And what else? Clover. There's, yeah, okay. There's a lot of clover in them. I got you. Okay. Well, you know, to break this down further while we're talking about the dogs, um, I got a lot of questions for you. First of all, there was always an argument back and forth between bear hunters and all, especially in the plot breed, about what size dog was better. 
Do you have a preference for the size of your dogs? Uh, I like a smaller dog. Right. And you, is there a reason for that? Uh, just uh, speed, endurance. Seems like their feet hold up better on long runs. Uh, yeah. Like, in my case, they can get through the mountain laurel in, in here easier. Well, if I think the bears bait up, you know, they can move around through it a little better. Yeah, they're more athletic. Right. And they're more athletic. We have a lot of cliffs and rock breaks. And You know, uh, for people who have never hunted in the eastern mountains, you could almost liken it to these fellows that hunt. Uh, mountain lions out west and they hunt in these rock cliffs and these red rock uh, uh, mountains and all out there where you know the dogs have to get around through rocks and up over uh, all kinds of rough places well it's kind of like that in the mountains at times too isn't it yeah 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 well uh okay these dogs uh how much do you value a dog's uh, scenting ability? I mean, we know they all have a nose and they run by scent, but do you like a cold-nosed dog, or how do you start your tracks predominantly? Uh, for bear hunting, I, I like a, a really cold-nosed dog, I mean, which it's not as big of a problem now, but back when I first started bear hunting, I mean, there wasn't a lot of bears around. Right. So, I mean, if you found a track, you, you wanted something that could get it to go on. Mm-hmm. I mean, now, I mean, you can go with a medium-nosed dog now for your start dog. I mean. Do you mainly rig now, or do you walk with your dogs in the mountains? Uh, I walk, but uh, a lot I, f- I actually free cast just like coon hunting. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, again, the laurel's so thick, I mean, it's easier to just send a dog down into a holler than trying to walk down through there. Now, these dogs that you hunt both ways, do they often treat coons when you're bear hunting? Uh, well, now... Like I, like I said, I, I, I tend to like to, I'll try them on both, see which one they prefer. And, and if a dog prefers bear, I mean, I strictly bear hunt it. I don't, I don't switch them back and forth and hunt them. I see. So you kind of let the water take its course then. <laughs> However, yeah, whichever yeah. way they go, then that's the way you let them go then. Pretty yeah, much. yeah. If, right. if they prefer a bear, I let them go with the bear. If they prefer a coon, I, I'll coon hunt them. Okay, if you're hunting these three, bro, uh, we'll say veteran dogs or seasoned dogs and this young dog, are you free casting them all together or do you normally just uh, cast a, a start dog? Uh, it Depends on where I'm hunting. Now, if I'm hunting here behind the house in Mudder's Gap, I typically turn them loose together. Mm-hmm. 
All right. It's just, it's just so hard to get through it. I mean, if they get in there and get jumped, it, it, it's hard to get to them to get them packed. Yeah, I, I can understand that for sure. Now, when I was out in South Texas about three years ago hunting with a fellow named Shorty Gorham, he's a professional bullfighter with the, uh, you know, PBR, and uh, he hunts a pack of foxhounds on bobcats out there. And he hunted 13 dogs down at one time when we were there. And they're just casting everywhere looking for a track. Well, the instant one of the dogs opened that found a track, every dog in that pack was like they were on a string. They did a rubber band. They immediately covered that dog. Uh, do your dogs operate that way? If one of them strikes, do the other ones put right in with them? Uh most of the time, but not always. Uh, they do have a little bit of an independent streak in them. Mm-hmm. And and I have been known to put three dogs down, wind up three bears going. <laughs> you do a lot of walking that day, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, and you mentioned it before. Now, do you use uh, GPS collars on your dogs? Yes. What yes, kind do you I, use? Uh, I've got the Garmin Alpha 200. 200, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, good. And that works good for you there in the mountains? Yes. You know, some of the bear hunters, I know maybe it was just, you know, change comes hard for some people. Uh, they continued to run the telemetry collars on their dogs even after they went to the GPS. In other words, what we commonly yeah. call a beep-beep collar. Do you yeah. do that? Uh, I did for the first couple of years. I don't now. I got you. So you've come to depend on the Garmin to do the job yeah, for back you. Yeah, when, back when the 220 come out, I mean... In right. the mountains, it was, I mean, you'd pick them up, lose them, pick them up, right. lose them. Mm-hmm. Now with the Alpha, and then, which I got the 432, I mean, I hardly ever lose a dog. Yeah, yeah. With them new, I think it's the 15 right. X dollars that mm-hmm. they come out with. Right. You know, it's interesting to talk to a bear hunter there in in uh, what county? Are you Russell County? What county are you in? Yeah, it's Russell County. Uh-huh. Um, when these GPS collars first came out, there were a lot of skeptics. A lot of people thought that, you know, that won't work in the mountains. You know, that won't. It'll never replace the telemetry collar. But uh, it's interesting to see someone like you who uh, hunting by yourself. You must depend an awful lot on that Garmin to keep up with yeah. your dogs, yeah. don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Where do you get the toughness to follow three or four hounds in the mountains by yourself without anybody driving around roads? Listening to the dogs, telling you where they are, where they crossed, uh, check in to see if they're right. Uh, 
you know, I've bear hunted for years and years and years, but I always hunted with a party of hunters. Yeah. But you're doing this all by yourself. Yeah. It's, it's a love of the sport, a love of the dogs, I mean. Yeah. I figure I figure myself, the way I look at it, I ask the dogs to give me everything they got, so I'm going to give them everything I've got. Do you ever have a moment out there when you say, what am I doing? (laughs) I've had several of them. (laughs) (laughs) A little talk with yourself. I had had a bear several years ago. You kind of know the Tomlin Creek area. Oh, yes. When you go up the mountain, we call it the switchback. Right. And it kind of levels out, and you go around there. If you look left-handed, there's a big set of cliffs in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I followed the dogs that had it bait up on top of the cliffs. So when I got to the top of the cliffs, it broke, and it went all the way down the cliffs. And I, I had one of those moments of wondering what I'd got into. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you want to follow your dogs, but knowing it's going to be pain. <laughs> it's going to be painful, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I stood out in a, in an area in southern New Mexico one time on a bear hunt with guys. And there's a fellow named George Hobbs, and Western hunters would know him and remember him and what a great hunter he was. Uh, the fellow that introduced me to George said he was the last of the Ben Lilly-type bear hunters. I'm yeah. not so sure because when I'm hearing, I'm sitting here talking to a guy that's hunting big tumbling by himself with a pack of dogs. I only got have one word to if I had to narrow it down to one word is respect. Because well, certainly at my age I can't do it. But I don't know if I was ever man enough to do that. But you keep going back. What is it that keeps you going back? I love of the dogs. I, I love I mean I, I love fooling with the dogs. I think my, that, my my favorite thing is fooling with a young dog, and then that light you just see that light go off in them, and yeah. they get it. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about that just a little bit. These dogs that you have uh, are have they been kind of family bred down from? For several generations, you say they go back to Clover and to Riverbend Flag, uh, but are they fairly closely bred, or do you look for outcrosses mostly? Uh for the most part, they're they're family. I mean, they're they're dogs that Stan had, uh, and then his brother. Rodney Roberts, uh, he has has the same bloodlines. I mean, now are those boys from there in Honeaker too? Uh, well, they grew up in Richland. Okay, uh, which 
Dan, he was he was my neighbor, and then Barry, his son, uh, he he's my neighbor now. Uh, Rodney, he lives in Whipple. Mm-hmm. Well, do you, does the name Estel Stillwell mean anything to you? Yeah, yeah. Damon that, Ball. Estel, that is the group that I actually. Well, when I hunt with the group, that's the group I hunt with. That's uh, well, Stan Roberts and then Rodney Roberts and then. Uh, so they Rodney. hunted with Estel when he was yeah. living. Yes. Right. Did you know of or or did you ever hunt with Damon Ball? Uh, I think Damon's son maybe bear hunts now. I was going to say, I know a Wayne Ball. That could be Damon's son. Those fellas, I knew them back in the days. We hunted in Greenbrier County, West Virginia, north of yeah. Lewisburg there around Williamsburg. Not Williamsburg, Virginia, but. West Virginia, and yeah. those fellas had a camp there where we we camped, and uh, I hunted several times with uh, Mister Stillwell was a well known bear hunter, yeah. you know, and a coal operator if you recall, yeah. uh, for many years. And uh, wow, well, uh, so these dogs. Do they start fairly early? Uh, yeah, yeah. They they normally they 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 normally start pretty pretty quick. Uh, How old would they be when you first take them to the to the mountain? Well, I, I normally I'll start. I mean, when season starts, like hauling them around, getting them used to riding and stuff like that. Then once they get three, four months, get a little size to them, I'll go ahead and start putting a collar on them and let them run around, let them, let them do whatever they want to. Uh, the last one that I actually raised run its first complete race when it was three months old. You're kidding me. And Wow. And you know, I think these dogs are starting earlier, it seems. There's a bear hunter over uh, in North Carolina, and I had the opportunity to write a story about one of his dogs for Bear Hunting Magazine. His name is Brad Hyatt. He's a state trooper over there in North Carolina. I think I don't know exactly where Brad lives, but I think it's somewhere around uh, uh, Taylorsville. And that or no, he lives up on the mountain. I'm I, I'm going to mess up here. But anyway, last fall during the bear season, he had some pups. I think three or four pups. He had them with him at the uh, American Plot Association's Breed Days in Greenville, Tennessee, here about three weeks ago. And uh, they were so small that they wiggled through the holes in the dog box and jumped out and and took a, a bear track. <laughs> you know, and, and they've been, you know, he's been hunting them and letting them make races and stuff, you know. The, he hunts up a grade 
grade plots. They're mixed, uh, I think, with English dogs or maybe something else. But uh, so, you know, it seems like these pups are starting earlier and earlier. Do you see that at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think. Which, I mean, it, a lot of it's bred into them. I've seen some of them start really early, and then I've seen some that kind of lay back and mm-hmm. they're a year old or year and a half before they really get interested. But for the most part, it seems like they are starting earlier. Right. Does that concern you a lot when you see one that's maybe slower? Uh, in my personal opinion, for the most part, I actually kind of like them better. Okay. Because it seems like, I mean, they turn out to be better dogs a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's often been said, you know, a lot of times these dogs start off like a house of fire and they either don't get any better than when they started or they burn out. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say a lot, too. I think with the smaller pups is they get to going and people get excited and they overhunt them. Yeah. And it kind of burns them out. Yeah, I th- I think that's true, and I I think they're just like they don't they don't have the muscle development and everything to to just keep going with the older dogs, and they just get overhunted. Well, I would say if they've got the desire, and this was my observation with the plot breed that we had, if they have the desire to go, they're going to try to keep up with those older dogs, but they're not going to be physically able to do that. Yeah. And that's where they either get thrown out, you know, of the races and get, you know, or or they uh, they get they could get themselves injured. They they just uh, you know they're just not physically capable. And yeah. uh, you know you don't take a kindergartner gardener out there and put him on on the football team and <laughs> senior yeah. high. You know, I know that's a crazy uh, analogy, but anyway. Well, all right. Well, how was your coon season this last fall? Oh, it, it's been been really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have pretty good weather that you can hunt most most of the season? Did you guys didn't uh, have a lot of snow this year? Did you? No, we didn't have a lot of snow, but it did rain quite a bit. It, yeah. It was, it, it was pretty wet season. Mm-hmm. Where do you do you hunt right there from the house or a coon hunt, or do you usually drive out somewhere to hunt? Uh, I hunt Big Tomlin a lot, and then I've got a place down in Cleveland I hunt a lot. I see. So you hunt in the mountain for coon just like you do for bear? Yeah. I got you. I just turn them up a creek in the upper holler? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, Back uh, January, February, uh, I hunt the beaver ponds, the swamps up in Tumlin a lot, where the frogs get to coming up. Uh, yeah, they like those frogs in springtime, don't they? Yeah, 
yeah. salamanders in the creeks, lizards we called them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, hunting the mountains and all, do you hunt around any pasture fields at all? Uh, I don't hunt pasture fields a lot unless I go to the hunt. Yeah. Well, that brings up another subject. Uh, do you uh, enjoy the night hunts? Yeah. 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 I really enjoy them, I mean. Yeah. So uh, you are there a few clubs around you there that you can go to? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've got, well, you got the Abington Club, right. the Saltville Club, and then Black Diamond and Richlands, and then you got the one up in Tazewell. I've got several clubs pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, is the well? When I was a kid, my uncle and his father-in-law had a big farm. Well, actually, it was the father-in-law's place, but it was in in Chilhowie. And at that time, I didn't have any dogs there, but it looked like it would be really good coon hunting. Of course, it's on the Holston River there on one side of the highway and a big big valley back on the other side there. But uh, do you ever hunt over that way around Chilhowie at all? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've, mm-hmm. I've got a friend I've went over and hunted with some. He lives. Oh, he lives in Marion. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of come back down, in, I guess, in behind Chill Howie, kind of sort of towards Saltful in through yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Did you ever know Dean Testerman that lived in Marion? Was a coon uh, hunter for many years. I, I know the name. Yeah, he he was a very active coon hunter for many, many years. Back in the day, I hunted a lot out of the Christiansburg Club. I'd go over and W.L. Davis, we called him Willie Davis, and Dean Testerman and Gene Joyce and A.D. Dickerson, and all those fellows were prominent coon hunters during that time. Uh, Charlie Whitlock, who designed a, a dog box that a lot of guys are still uh even hauling in their trucks today. I don't know if you ever saw one of those Whitlock dog boxes, but uh, they, uh, yeah, they were a wooden framed box, but they had a metal roof on it that was kind of curved. It curved from the center down to the sides and had vents under it. It's a unique design, but he made dozens and dozens of those. And there was a fellow named William Doss at, Gra- at Glade Springs that later, I think, sold those boxes. But I'm taking you back on a trip on memory lane. You see, I'm quite a bit older than you are, <laughs> Adam. So, yeah, when you get to be my age, you, you just think everybody ought to know everybody you know. <laughs> It doesn't quite work that way. Well, how was your bear season? Uh, it was it was fire uh, this past season. I was actually having some transmission trouble during bear season, so I mm-hmm. didn't get to hunt as much as normal. But yeah, 
Well, what do you do when you kill a Do you take the bears at all, or do you just enjoy treeing them? Uh, I, I, well, I've killed several over the years, uh, but for the most part, I just enjoy running and treeing them. Uh, yeah. Well, when you tree one or you kill one like that, you've got a big job hunting by yourself. Yeah, yeah. Which I carry, uh, if I'm planning on killing one, I've got a frame pack that I carry with me. And I I actually quarter them in the woods and backpack them out. I see. Do you skin it out and pack the hide out, or do you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I've done some of that, too, hunting out in uh, Arizona, out in the White Mountains out there with a friend named Tom David, Summit Outfitters, out there. And, uh, yeah, when you're way back in the country right there, that's you've got to pack them out. (laughs) Yeah. Back home, you know, typically we would just drag them off the mountain. Hopefully, have a creek there or something that we could drag them down. But we had several guys, you know. Yeah. But when you're doing it all by yourself, that that's pretty impressive, really. Uh, well, how many days or nights do you think you would hunt in a year? If you broke it down, let's say it's the fall of the year and coon season is in. How many nights will you go coon hunting? Uh, I typically hunt at a minimum of four days a week. Yeah. And uh, if I'm if I'm really pushing on the big hunts, uh, I I usually go about six. Six days a week. I gotcha. Yeah. Well, do you have a dog right now that's doing good, looking good for the hunts for you? Yeah. 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 Okay. I, I've, I've got an older female. Uh, I think I mentioned earlier that I hunted in the world. Yeah. Did uh, you qualify anything for the Tournament of Champions this year? Uh, this year, no. Okay. Uh, well, I qualified for it last year okay well i i have a a young plot dog that i partner with a fellow named mark miller over in taylorsville north carolina and he just went last week uh to the tournament of champions he hunted the regional hunt in comer georgia and we didn't have any luck we didn't but uh now he's out this week hunting in in uh, Princeton, Indiana, in the PKC Super Stakes yeah. with his buddy, uh, Benny Townsend's dog. Uh, do you hunt PKC any? Uh, I have not yet. Okay. We need to get Keston Jesse into the hunts. I've been trying to persuade him to, to take that Clyde dog of his. Uh, he's got a nice dog there. And... Uh, I think he's a little hesitant to get involved in all that. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, he, he is. I, I tried to talk him into, I think it was, well, about last June, which is, that dog was fairly young then. Yeah. Uh, they done them uh, one-on-one hunts that was live streamed, and I tried to talk him into entering him in that. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Because, 
it's a little more laid back than mm-hmm. your traditional night hunt. Right. About when did you start going to the night hunts? I was, I guess, about 20 when I started mm-hmm. doing the night So hunt. you've been doing quite a while then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was, well, I was big into the pleasure hunting. And then uh, Barry, Stan's son, uh, he had a heart condition and he mm-hmm. had some dogs and uh, I started hunting them for him because he wasn't able to get out in the woods. And then, yeah, once he got to, he could get up and go a little bit. He had, he was already into the night hunt, so he talked me into going, and I was actually be the backup handler for him. Right. That way, if he got down sick, he mm-hmm. wouldn't have to just withdraw his dogs. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk just a little bit about the equipment that you like. When you're hunting in the mountains like that, do you wear waders or do you wear just leather boots or what do you wear on your feet? Uh, I've got a pair of coon hunting. They're the chaps. They're the rubber boots. It's got the brush chaps on them. Yes. You Uh, wear those then even in the mountains? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, I think that's typically what coon hunters wear you know Uh, i know some hunters that hunt the mountains just want to wear like a rubber or uh well a lot of these boots nowadays like rockies and things like that are made of us of a nylon material or whatever but uh my dad always wore leather boots and greased them with bear grease you know yeah (laughs) To, to waterproof them but uh I can remember when we used to wear these, uh, we'd buy them at the uh, Payless shoe store and places like that. They were made in Korea. They were green rubber boots, and they laced up. They had a yellow sole around them, and we'd wear those things. They were about, I guess they were about 14 inches tall, something like that. We'd come to a creek. We'd take them off tie the strings together, put them around her neck, take her socks off, roll her britches legs up, and wade the creek. <laughs> That's pretty cold in December and January. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What kind of lights you like? Uh, I have started, I've got, honey, the last few years I've got the Hellcat, the Superior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I I really like I've, I've really grown to like that light. Yeah, it's a good light for sure. A lot of coon hunters like that light. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, what what kind of dog food do you like to feed those mountain hounds? Uh, I feed Joy. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Where do you find it around there in Virginia? See, I get it from uh, it's uh, Chilhowie Pimp Supply over over in Chilhowie. Okay. I got here. you. I got you. Well, that's good. That's good. Do you have much of a tick problem? Do you have to keep your dogs on tick and flea and heartworm medication and all that over there? Uh, the ticks, I mean, it depends on the year. I figure where we had a milder winter this 
this year. I mm-hmm. figure they're probably going to be bad this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, I'd say you're probably right. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. What? Let's talk a little bit. And we've been at it an hour already, uh, Adam. If you can believe that. <laughs> but tell me about the dogs you got right now. Name them and tell me and describe them for me. Each one of them, if you don't care. Well, I've got let's see, Sirewood Jake. He he goes back to uh, he's heavy flag bred. Uh, mm-hmm. He's I want to say thirteen years old. He might be twelve. Mm-hmm. Is he a white uh, dog with with spots? Open spotted dog? Uh, or not? No, he's almost. Solid black. He's oh, got a little okay. brown on his legs and uh-huh. a little bit of All white, right. but he's he's primarily a he's a blanket solid. dog. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I've had him his whole life. Uh, he's a bear dog. Yeah. Uh, he likes some big black stinking yeah. things, yeah. huh? Yeah. He, Been under a lot he, of bear trees, I bet. Yeah, he, he's seen he's seen a lot of bears. <laughs> if he runs up on one on the ground, will he pull a little hair, or does he like to give him plenty of room? Uh he kind he he kind of stands back. I mean, mm-hmm. he he won't quit a bear, but he he ain't one to run up and grab him. That's why he's almost thirteen years old, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'd say anyway. And okay. then I've got, uh, I've got Sugar. She's uh, out of a clover clover cube dog out of Pennsylvania. I don't know if you... Mm, those clover dogs, you know, kind of go back to Lee Logan up there in Pennsylvania. And I don't know the cube dog. I probably should, but I don't. But, yeah, I'm familiar with that bloodline for sure. She's 11. Yeah, she's 11. Uh, well, you're getting some age in your dogs. Uh, she, uh, She's actually one of them. She actually started out as a coon dog. She's, she's pretty high-powered bred, I mean, on her breeding. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, she preferred bears. Yeah. But, so she becomes... She's actually my my lead dog right now. She's she's the one I depend on. Uh, okay, and you call her what? Sugar. Sugar. Okay. All right. Uh, Does she look like the clover dog? She got a black head and uh, uh, white she dog. Actually, she's got primarily white. She's got one ear that's brown, and mm-hmm. then it kind of comes up about the middle of her head. Mm-hmm. I got you. Yeah. And then what else is feeding there? Uh, I've got a uh, hatchet. He, he, he's my other bear dog. Uh, he's actually out of the big money dog. Oh, okay. Okay. And then uh, him and Sugar... They have the same mother, mm-hmm. which is out of the Thunder's Wild Clyde dog out of Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Did is the dog out of big money a wide hunting dog? Uh he he can be. Uh, he he hunts really good. He's he's a little weak on the tree, but uh, but he he hunts real good, and uh, I use him on bears. I actually bought him as a super stakes dog. I had somebody that was going to hunt him for me, and the yeah. deal kind of fell through, and bear season was coming in, so. <laughs> Convenient. I, start, it, yeah. I started bear hunting him, and he liked it, so, yeah. so we stuck with it. Is he a white dog? Oh uh, no, he is. Hmm? He's primarily solid. He's a bl- black bank. Well, I say, guy. well, I'm not. I'm batting zero here on guessing the colors of these <laughs> dogs based on their bloodline. <laughs> All right. Well, what else you got there? Oh, uh, I've got. Let's see. My young dog's Maggie. Uh, she's out of sugar. I raised her. Mm-hmm. I bred sugar to a dog that I hunted with out of. McDowell County, West Virginia. Oh, yeah. That's some rough hunting over in there, too. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we. I've done actually quite a bit of hunting over there. Yeah. I've got some real good friends that I hunt with over there. Yeah. Well, you know, there was a time when I was young <laughs> that That's I didn't pay any attention to that rough country. You know, I would often drive there in the lower end of Raleigh County down toward Whitesville and hunt with the, some coon hunters there, uh, three brothers. Their last name was Dickens. They were related to little Jimmy Dickens, if you ever heard of that Opry star of years ago. But anyway, and uh, it was rough, straight up and down and on. I'd drive down there. It would take me probably two hours to get to their place from my house just – because of crooked roads, you know. and But when you live in the mountains, I guess the point I'm trying to make, and you're a coon hunter or a bear hunter, you go regardless of the conditions or the steepness or the uh, rugged, ruggedness of the uh, – you just want to get to – when you turn the dog loose and they get struck and they get treed, you want to go to them, don't you? Yeah. 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 And you don't leave them. No, you you don't leave them. You mentioned before that you stayed out all night a few yeah. times. Was that on bear hunts? Yeah. Yeah. I had, let's see, which I, and I was actually hunting with a group, the one that comes to my head. We was hunting on, and on youth day. I was hunting with uh, Rodney Roberts up the uh, Whistle, and uh, we turned dogs loose at daylight that morning around 6, 6.30. And me and Rodney stayed with the dogs, and we finally we caught the last one at 9.30 on Sunday morning. Mm. That you was up for- in, in the, well, Little Walker Mountain. I don't know if you know mm. much about that. Well, I know Big Walker, but I, I'm not sure I know where Little Walker Mountain is. Well, you got the Big Walker, and then, well, Little Walker's right beside it. Okay. 
Those right. of you that, uh, for a point of reference, if you're driving up Interstate 77 from Charlotte, going up into West Virginia, you go through two tunnels on that highway. The first one's Big Walker, and then the second one's East River Mountain. And uh, you can look at that country as you drive up through there, and you can see what a big, beautiful country it is in there. They see some big bears in there. Oh, I'm sure. I am sure. Well, Adam, we have been at it here about an hour and ten minutes. You got a good bear hunting story you could tell me? Or coon hunting story? Or a rabbit uh, hunting story. <laughs> <laughs> well, go back to the country we was in. Uh, I had an old dog. Uh, I called him Hank, he, which he's passed, he passed away five years ago. Uh, I want to say it was i got it broke down here somewhere. It's probably 2014, somewhere in there. About nine years ago. 2015. Uh, it was on youth day. We was hunting with uh, Rodney up there on the Little Walker Mountain. and uh, He got in there by himself, and he actually held the bear for about two hours by himself, laid up on the ground, and uh, I got a little uh, 16-year-old girl in there, or no, 15-year-old girl in there, and uh, she killed it. It was 561 pounds. Woo, that's a good one for mountain bear. That's a big, big bear. And uh, that dog uh, talking about, you know, hunting solo I said he was by himself. He was the only dog on it. Mm. And he was he was out of he was directly out of that Thunder's Wild Clyde dog out of Tennessee. Yeah. A one man army. Yeah. That dog was. Yeah, for sure. Well that that's terrific. Uh there was a very big bear killed over there around Wise, Virginia to the west of you this last year. Did you see see that? Yes. Yeah. Did you get to see the bear itself? Uh, not in person. I've seen pictures. but hmm. Which we actually killed one the next year, and it, it was the girl that killed the one to my dog. It was her little sister. Killed it, uh, which it has. I think we had about ten dogs on it. It was six seventy-eight. Man, those are large, large bear. I remember all the years I hunted in West Virginia. I don't remember us ever killing a bear that made uh, five hundred pounds. Most, you know, we killed some nice bear in the four hundred pound range, and not many of them. But uh, the average black bear. Is going to be two hundred or so, or or less, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, that's that's about your average, about two. Uh, yeah, 
Two, two fifties, probably. I mean, about mm-hmm. what you're looking at. Yeah, that's a nice bear too. Make some a nice trophy. Do you eat bear meat? Yes. Yeah. How do you like it fixed best? Uh, I like to cook it in a crock pot and make like kind of like a beef stew, just with the bear meat. Just and then put your vegetables in it and so forth, like yeah, you yeah. in a put, pot roast type put, thing. Yeah, put the yeah. meat in the in the slow cooker early in the morning and let it cook most of the day till it gets good and tender and then add the vegetables. Do you put any other kind of seasoning on the bear, on the meat itself, or do you just, just uh, the vegetables? Just salt and pepper. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. don't, don't use nothing fancy. Do you brown it in the skillet before you put it in the slow cooker, or do you just put it uh, in? No, I Not don't. Not usually. Mm-hmm. Well, I've eaten a lot of bear. We had, uh, in fact, at uh, this uh, plot hunt in Greenville, Tennessee, a couple weeks ago, Mark Miller brought up some bear sausage. In fact, one morning we had bear sausage, and the next morning we had uh, venison sausage. So, <laughs> of course, I'm a, I'm a pork sausage fan myself you know i I like anything smoked smoked ham smoked bacon smoked sausage my grandmother had a smokehouse in tennessee (laughs) and uh, i got started off on that hickory smoked sausage when i was a kid and that's what i like well adam i really appreciate your time today and visiting with me and uh I hope well, the next time up to see Keston up there, I can stop by and we can, we can, uh, you know, have a cup of coffee or whatever, and and swap some stories. And I'd I'd really get enjoy the opportunity to get to see your dog sometime. All right. Well, speaking of that, before we kind of got off on stories there. Yeah. That my actual big. The big coonhound I hunt, her, her name's Unstable Miss Kitty. Okay. <laughs> we, we we call her Kitty. Uh, she's Crack Man and Neller. Oh, so we didn't finish with all the dogs, did we? We need no, to do no. that. Let's do that for sure. <laughs> so is that the one that you primarily coon hunt? Yes. Uh-huh. She, she's my primary coonhound. And she's how old now? Uh, she's four. Okay, she's just in her prime then. Uh, she, yeah, uh, she she's competed for two world titles. Uh, awesome. Uh, she's been in tournament of champions last year. Yeah. Describe her a little bit. What uh, when you unsnap her? How she act? Uh, she she's an active dog. I mean, she kind of hunts circles around you. She wants she's not going to shoot through the country. But I mean, if she needs to get deep, she's going to get there. Yeah. But she kind of I mean, she hunts her way there. She ain't yeah. one of them that just blows through the. Yeah. Sounds like my kind of dog. I know I hunted a hunt in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And on that hunt, which she got out of pocket, she had the cone treed, but she was, uh, I think, a mile and a half through the country. Well, she'll go but... then. That's far enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Was that the Grand American or another hunt? Uh, it was Walker Day. Oh, okay, down at Union. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That just this last last or this year in February? Uh, no, it would have been the one before. Okay. It been the- yeah. Well, what else are you feeding over there? Uh, that is all the dogs I've got at the moment. Well, that sounds like you've got the bases covered pretty well. Maybe need to get another one or two to take those older dogs' place here. That's the thing uh, about these darn dogs. They get old too quick, don't they? Yeah, they do. And then in the, in the bear hunting, you've about got to always got to have some replacements come. Mm, yeah. That's a that's a dangerous game. It's hard on dogs, even if the bear doesn't beat them up. Uh, yeah. But, but they uh, bear dogs are are so resilient, man. I mean, it's incredible to me the endurance and the stamina and courage and all the things that you can say about a good bear dog. You know, and he's not doing it on a golf course. You know, especially in your country, when you talk about hunting big tumbling folks, that's that's as rough as you want to hunt. I can promise you. They are they're extreme athletes. That's for sure. I love to fly fish for trout. Now I know people can go and probably catch all kinds of trout around me with rooster tails and spinners and all that. I like to fly fish. But as I go, I was just on Big Tumbling here a a few days ago. But at my age, I'm 76 now, at my age, those rocks are slippery. Those boulders are bigger. Those pools are swifter. And it's it's tougher, a lot tougher. And I never thought I'd see the day when I couldn't just get on a trout stream and and just spend all day long, you know. But times change. I'm like those dogs, Adam. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I have but to. I, I will tell you a spot if you're down in this country. Uh, it, it's a trophy stream. It, mm-hmm. It's a little more expensive. It's a. Uh, yeah. Seventy dollars to fish it. Uh, yeah, it's in Hansonville. Yeah, I know where Hansonville is. Right there, where four sixty and nineteen come together. Yeah, yeah, yeah where where they come together, it's about uh, uh, two miles from the red lights. There, where fifty eight comes into nineteen. Is that going back toward Norton that way? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. you'd be going towards Norton. Uh huh. But it's uh, it's flat. They've got it. I mean, it's easy to get around. I mean, yeah, yeah. And they stock big trout. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, well, I love it. I enjoy that a lot. I guess I just enjoyed everything about the mountains. You know, for so many years, yeah. an old plot breeder in Monroe County, West Virginia, named Isaiah Kidd. We used to go by his place on the way to my dad and I would fish for native brook trout on uh, streams on Peter's Mountain there. And uh, we invited him to go along. He he was a bear hunter. And he said, can you tree them with a plot? And we said, I don't think so. And he said, well, I'm not interested. 
<laughs> I'm I'm only interested in what I can run and tree with a plot dog. So, but I've always enjoyed my fishing too. That just seemed like that was all part of it, you know, fishing the streams. Well, and I like to eat them. <laughs> well, I'm I'm with you. I, I I enjoy being in the mountains. I, I enjoy fishing. I'm yeah. Big trout fisherman. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I enjoy turkey hunting, deer hunting. Right. Rabbit hunting. Just, You're a I sportsman. Enjoy being in- yeah. Yeah. And that's what, you know, I, I wish every kid growing up in the, in the country could experience what you get to experience on a daily basis. It would certainly toughen them up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'd get them out of the basements and out, out from behind their screens because, uh, but man, it would be so good for them. And they would love it. They'd enjoy it so much because hard work, whether it's working on a farm or a factory or wherever, you know, has its reward in the fact that you've done a good job, you've accomplished something. And that's the way it is to me with this hound hunting especially in the mountains when you put in a hard day of walking and you know and the dogs have done what you know you expected them to do and all at the end of the day when you lay your head on the pillow it's a good feeling isn't it yeah yeah it is it really is well adam I certainly appreciate you coming on with me today it's been a great visit with you and I do hope to meet you in person here before long. Is there anything you'd like to say to our, my listeners before I let you go? Uh, probably, probably not. I, I, old dogs, they, they've been good to me over the years. Well, and I'm sure you've been good to them too. Well, Adam, I guess we're going to wrap this up then, buddy, and uh, get it off, ship it off to the producer. And once again... Adam Barnhart from Honeacre, Virginia, a bear hunter, a coon hunter, a guy that likes to go in alone out there against those uh, those bruins and those coons. And uh, it's been a joy to visit with you, Adam. I wish you the very best. It's been a joy talking to you. Well, good. Well, folks, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Uh, I will remind you once again, if you need anything in the line of hunting supplies for you or your dog, uh, hunting apparel, uh, especially electronics such as garments and antennas and and collars and all that goes with it, dusupply.com. Until next time. If someone asks you where Steve Fielder's hanging out these days, tell him, well, I don't know for sure, but I'll bet you he's gone to the dogs. <laughs>